Hey everyone, before the episode, we just wanted to let you all know that our first Patreon-exclusive episode is out. So, come check us out on Patreon and support us if you want to hear us talk about Deadpool 2. Or if Deadpool's not your style, then maybe you want to hear us talk about Spider-Man or X-Men. If you'd like to hear us cover either of those things, then come support us on Patreon and let us know which movie you would like us to cover. Hello, I'm Henry. And I'm Trey. And welcome to Marvelous, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Where we go through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, show by show, movie by movie, in order of release. And today, we're covering the first arc of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2, Episodes 1 through 10. The Arc of the Obelisk. (laughs) That is one way to call it. It's really hard to define a good name for this arc, because it's like... The mystery of Sky's father, the diviner, who is Whitehall, and like it is one cohesive arc, but there's nothing good to name it. That's true, but I feel like they're all very, very conveniently tied together into this one obelisk. So <laughs> yeah, it's the diviner. Excuse me. Uh, it's both. So excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, but yeah. It's kind of nice now that we're in season two and the arcs are getting much longer instead of season one where it's just like episode by episode. It's a completely different story. Now it's one big arc. Or two. This ten episode chunk is one big arc. Indeed. So Henry, what happened in this arc? Well, Trey, let me tell you about season two of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s episodes one through ten. In this season, we leave off from last season, where Ward has betrayed our agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Fitz is suffering from brain damage when we find out that Simmons has run away, but she's actually undercover in Hydra. Now, Coulson is writing strange symbols on the walls, the same as Garrett was in the last season, and everything is going crazy. Except one thing is linking them all together. The Diviner, also known as the Obelisk. An artifact of great power that is being sought after by S.H.I.E.L.D., HYDRA, and Sky's mysterious father. What is the Diviner? Why does everyone want this? And why is it all connected? Find out on these episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Been a while, I was a little out of practice there. Yeah, so... <laughs> Something I just want to say off the bat is that I feel like it's really noticeable the jump in quality that the first several episodes of this season has over season one. Yeah, I definitely noticed it too. The special effects have gotten a lot better. It was kind of funny how in the first few episodes they were hyping up cloaking the whole time, which has seemed really routine in S.H.I.E.L.D. and Captain America Winter Soldier and such. But once they actually started showing it again, it was really impressive. Like they did really cool things with it. Yeah, and I think just the overall storytelling is, like, tighter, and they really craft the mysteries well and weave everything together in ways that feels more like they've gotten their footing than in season one. Yeah, it definitely feels like they had a better plan going through from the beginning, and it definitely helped that they were working with one big story at a time in this part of the season. For sure. So we start with S.H.I.E.L.D. essentially trying to reestablish itself 
while in secrecy, it's trying to rebuild S.H.I.E.L.D. and grow while the opposing forces of HYDRA and Talbot and the government are trying to keep them down. And we get some new recruits with Mac and Bobby Morse and Lance Hunter. Yeah, and they definitely bring like way more diverse character to the show. Last season, we only had our little crew of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they're great. But I really love the diverse characters that we get in Mac, Hunter, and Bobby. They're much different than our original cast, and I really like them for that. I agree. I think they did a really good job with bringing in new characters and making them exciting. And Hunter and Bobby's whole dynamic is a very interesting one. And I really like that the show was dropping hints with Hunter before she came in with constantly talking about his devil ex-wife. Yeah. And then she comes in and it's like, oh, that's her. (laughs) She's cool and awesome. I like that they introduced her totally separate from Hunter first and then kind of snuck it in at the end of an episode. Yeah. And she's introduced as this badass female character, which it's always good to have one of those. Yeah. I mean, she's basically S.H.I.E.L.D.'s version of Black Widow. I mean, we also have May. We also have Sky. I mean, Black Widow in the sense of like, I don't know, like more stealthy martial artsy. I feel like May is more like super awesome secret agent. It feels kind of different to me. I don't think I got that same vibe from Bobby. She just has her little like sticks that she fights with. (laughs) Honestly, that's probably it. Just because she has like little electricity gadgets. That was enough for me to bridge the gap to Black Widow. (laughs) I don't know. Sure. Uh (laughs) Bobby feels more like Black Widow to me than May. I I don't know. (laughs) All right. I really liked Hunter in particular. I felt like he got more development than the other two in this arc. Definitely. And he's hilarious. Yeah, he's he's pretty great. Even though I found the first episode focusing on him kind of confusing what they were trying to accomplish because he like betrays them, but sells them out to Talbot, but then doesn't sell them out and goes back on it. And I'm like, what is actually happening here? I'm not sure what was actually like given to Talbot, but (laughs) I could see why that was kind of confusing. But since I already knew in retrospect that he was going to join the team, I didn't see it that way. And I like that he's a little bit less black and white than the rest of the crew that in the beginning, he really was in it just for money, but he still has like a heart. It's not the whole thing I find confusing, just the fact that he makes a deal with Talbot that Talbot delivers on, but then he doesn't actually give Talbot anything. Like, he comes back saying, I have 48 hours to deliver you to Talbot, Coulson. He gets money, he gets, like, a funeral for his friend, but the delivery of Coulson is really just Coulson walking up to Talbot saying, oh yeah, we're gonna, like, make a plan against your wishes, and I'm just gonna keep giving you gifts. Okay, bye, I'm hopping on a jet. I'm like he's getting away with essentially giving Talbot nothing? I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he did break Talbot's trust because he didn't really give Coulson to Talbot. Coulson was using Talbot that whole conversation, just showing off the cloaking technology also. Yeah, I guess I feel like Talbot would be gunning for him a lot harder than what actually happened, but I don't know, whatever. I I don't know. (laughs) I don't like Talbot. (laughs) I like Talbot. He's this weird antagonistic force that never feels right. But to be fair, everything anti-Shield never feels right because we don't really understand what the public perspective really is. Like, sure, we keep hearing that the public thinks Hydra and Shield are the same thing and think that they're just as bad as each other. But really? Honestly, I think Talbot's a really interesting foil for Coulson. And I like that this arc at least keeps 
showing like Coulson getting one over on Talbot. He kidnaps him. He pumps him for information. And the entire time Talbot is just like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And then he just completely falters at every opportunity. And Coulson just keeps one upping him constantly. And I think it's really fun. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, that's what he's there for. It just doesn't do it for me. Well, that is your forte then, I guess. So it would seem. So the first episode introduces Hunter, but it also introduces us to the Diviner, which is an 084 that S.H.I.E.L.D. was searching for after all the incidents of season one. One thing that's really cool is that we actually see this device in the past with Peggy Carter finding it and stealing it from Hydra. So that was a cool cameo with her. And not only her, but also the Howling Commandos. Yeah, and we get introduced to Whitehall in the past and the present. Ooh, mystery. (laughs) Don't judge me. Uh, okay. Uh, (laughs) For sure. And I like that they drop little hints of Peggy Carter because they show her with the SSR and she makes comments like, oh, someone should really set up an organization for keeping track of these items and stuff, which is just funny. (laughs) Yeah. And I think they weave Whitehall into the arc pretty well from the get-go, because he's been after this obelisk for so long. Yeah, I think Whitehall's a really interesting antagonist. I agree, and it almost seems like we got the short end of the stick with them killing him off so quickly. Yeah, I wish that we got more of him also. Yeah, it was just, it was so quick, too. Like, he was there in a few episodes as the big bad, and then he's like, oh, suddenly shot and dead. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, like, he would just use as a plot device to make Sky's dad extra angry at Coulson. Definitely. Which, he could have been so much more, but, oh well. I agree. This man that has been alive for, like, over a hundred years as part of Hydra seems like just such a cool concept, and he's such a cool leader for Hydra. He's just really menacing and intense. And freaking ruthless. He, like, takes Sky's mom, rips her to shreds, and scavenges all of her parts in order to take her immortality, and then just throws her carcass, like, out on the streets. (laughs) That's that's hardcore. It's it's serious business. (laughs) Yeah. The hypnotism is a little silly and TV showy, but it was done pretty well also. You will comply. Your compliance will be rewarded. Yeah, and it's an interesting tie into the movies as well, since that was started in Winter Soldier with the whole brainwashing. Yeah. It's something we know Hydra does, and here they actually show them continuing to use that in other people. Yeah, like if you have an awesome technique like that, you might as well keep using it. You can steal the greatest agents of your enemies and use them as double agents. For sure. Like we get with Agent 34 later in the season. Yeah, it seems kind of weird that she's, like, she has an entire personality that they brainwashed to comply, but then when she loses her source of that compliance, she just becomes, like, a wandering puppy-like ward instead of back to her actual personality. I'm like, this is really yeah. sad. Like, you, you're you a real person. Can we get you back? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of awkward. <laughs> I'm not a big fan. No, me either. Also her, like, being melted into a fake Agent May is this weird... It's just weird. It's really weird. And I'm not really <laughs> sure what purpose it has, other than to give us a May versus May fight. <laughs> and give Ward someone to talk to while he's out and about doing his own thing. 
I guess, because it, like, it contributes to erasing her identity because she can't see her face, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. It's odd. (laughs) (laughs) We also get Simmons working as a double agent for Hydra. Yeah. Apparently, being pushed out of a plane makes you an excellent liar. Or at least a decent one. Yeah. She seems like a strange choice to be the double agent. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. She's the worst liar in the group and has no combat experience, but... Yeah. They easily got Bobby in the mix. And, like, I know... Bobby's explanation for why they also sent her in is because Simmons could get access to different level, like, scientific research than she could. But couldn't Bobby, like, get in there and then have someone else help her hack beyond that? Like, it just seemed like a weird plot device just to give Simmons a reason for having left fits. It definitely did, but it was interesting to watch and it was extremely suspenseful and fun, which I liked. It was kind of neat and it gave us a really good introduction to Bobby. Also, it helped with the twist that Fitz was seeing a fake Simmons for a while that we didn't realize at first. Yes, but more on that later because I want to talk a little more about Simmons' field experience with Hydra. Secret Agent Simmons. So Simmons' loyalty gets called into question by Daniel Whitehall, and she ends up getting sent after Iceman from Season 1, Donnie. Oh yeah, I totally forgot he was ever in any more episodes, and now we know what happened to him. He became kind of evil and then died. Sky's first kill. I thought you were the one who said he does come back when we talked about it the first time. If I did, I forgot. (laughs) I could have sworn in our last episodes I said he never comes back or something, because I didn't remember him ever coming back. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Point is... I forgot he came back, so it was a surprise when we saw him, and then he died. (laughs) I would have expected them to go over Skye's first kill a little bit longer. She was just like, oh, I'm sad, and then they just skip over it next episode. Well, they did turn him into, like, a complete psychopath for some reason, because he was actually a pretty decent and smart kid that was just, like, drawn to the wrong path the first time we saw him, but now he's just shattering anyone who remotely gets in his way or, like, goes against him. I mean, he's been in prison for a while, and then Hydra has been hunting him down, so he snapped, I guess. It's pretty big snapping when you're just like, oh, you saved my life once, I'm gonna kill you now. (laughs) I don't know, I didn't think much about that. Really? I mean, it was intense and, like, a lot, but it didn't seem crazy out of character to me. I I don't know, I just didn't care. (laughs) But then apparently he was programmed by Hydra and that programming was reactivated and he's going to kill all of S.H.I.E.L.D. So Sky has to shoot him, which from this point forward in this series, I could not help noticing that they used real guns a lot when they should have been using icers. And I don't know why they suddenly made that switch. Yeah, that's a really good point. There were a lot of times like that. My best guess is because they just didn't have the resources to make icers the way they used to as much? I don't know. That doesn't even feel realistic, because I'm pretty sure they use them in, like, one or two episodes, but all these situations where they should have, like, this one, when this is someone they want to recover, but they know that he's dangerous, Sky ends up just shooting him with a real bullet, like, why wouldn't you bring an icer and take him? That's a good point. There's also an episode later on in this arc when Sky holds a real gun at Coulson and says, like, Coulson, you have to stop. And I'm like, 
if this was an icer, this would be believable, but you're not going to shoot Coulson. <laughs> Good point. Seriously. I totally <laughs> didn't think about that. It's so true. Like, they used icers last season as an excuse to just shoot anyone whenever to be cool, action-y without as much murder. Yeah, and this season it was all, like, murder. Resorting murder, to murder, 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 first murder, resort murder. murder. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now they're off the grid. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they wanted to up the stakes, which is why they included real guns, but it just seemed like a strange and, like, non-logical transition. So, Good point. <laughs> Anyways, we do get Reyna trying to blackmail Coulson when she finds out Simmons is working for Hydra. And that's when we get the entrance of Bobby, because Coulson's just like, No, forget that. I refuse to be blackmailed. Which is extremely risky on his point, to be honest, because the chances that Simmons was able to run out of that entire place of Hydra agents and get to Bobby before anyone caught her was really slim. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like, sure, it's cool TV. Like, Coulson's not backing down? What's going on? But really? That's that's moronic. And also, his team members don't know what's going on, so they're all just like, oh my god, Coulson's crazy. Coulson's gonna let Simmons die. What the hell? (laughs) Definitely, but now we get Simmons and Bobby coming back to the S.H.I.E.L.D. base, so Simmons and Fitz now get to have their drama. Yeah. Simmons is like, Hi, Fitz. We should be friends again. And Fitz is like, Hey, can you just shut up and let me talk? I've gotten used to you not being gone and you're just cramping my style. Yeah. Also... I feel uncomfortable because I said I love you and you did not reciprocate. Yeah, and (laughs) I do get it. I don't mind most of it, but I feel like at some points it's just contrived drama. It's drawn out too long, for sure. Yeah, there are times like when Simmons could have explained that it wasn't about Fitz being damaged, being why she left. Like, she started to explain it and then he just immediately cuts her off and it's like, well, I'm leaving. You can have the lab. And I'm like, this is dumb. You should have been able to talk to each other, like, and make up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, moving on to Fitz, I kind of actually really like how they dealt with Fitz and his brain issues. How he was getting so incredibly frustrated by everyone around him who just couldn't just slow down and let him talk. And he didn't start really getting better until he started talking to Mac. Because Mac would either slow down and let him talk, or he just wouldn't care if Fitz is kind of just rambling on, kind of nonsensibly, because he didn't care if Fitz was rambling on, and he would just wait, or just not care. And he started giving him nicknames like Turbo, because, like Max said later in the season, like, this is the only Fitz he knows. This is his friend. He doesn't know old Fitz. This is the Fitz he knows. And how he helped Fitz establish a normal bond with people again. I like that a lot. Yeah, and I think that's the most characterization Matt gets in this arc is through his bond with Fitz and befriending him, which is pretty great. Yeah, I feel like this arc really gave a chance for Hunter to shine as the new character, and Matt was kind of just used to further along Fitz's arc, and he doesn't really get a chance to shine till later. And I really like Mac. Same. And also, seeing an incident like the one that Fitz and Simmons had at the end of season one have stakes and actual repercussions like this is not something I expected because most TV shows would just gloss over it like, oh, they were stuck and she just happened to magically pull him out and they're both fine now. 
but this one actually gives it weight because Fitz is brain damaged and it's like an actual issue, which is something that I like and I was surprised by. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, but basically the end of that was Fitz saying that Simmons could have the lab and be the new science head and he would work from her from afar, but not with her. Yeah, which, like you were saying before, I don't really understand what they're going for with this. It's kind of just drawn-out drama that's unnecessary. Yep. (laughs) But aside from that, I really like his arc this half of the season. Yeah. We also have some other character arcs with Agent Ward. He's not an agent anymore, Trey. I guess that's true. He's kind of his own (laughs) agent. An agent of chaos. I was literally going to say that. Well, too bad I said it. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just being, like, kept in a cage in the basement, because why not? Yeah, really hardcore cage. And just being put in solitary for that long will drive a man mad, even though he was already mad. (laughs) Yep. To be fair, people tried to talk to him, but he just refused to talk to anyone but Sky. Seriously. But they did use him as an informant. And I think where they started with Ward this season was really well done because everything with him was like, ooh, edge of the sea, what's going on with him? He was a double agent. Now all he has is Sky, but he's still like, like, where do his loyalties lie? Yeah. What's he actually going to do now? Is he actually telling the truth to Sky? Yeah. And I like that he was honest with her every time. Yeah. Like he actually <laughs> was. And that was interesting because. That's where his loyalties lie. Like, it's just Sky and himself now. Yeah. But then when his brother decides he wants to bury S.H.I.E.L.D. because his brother is Christian Ward, the senator, Coulson ends up making a deal to essentially sell Ward to his brother in return for his cooperation. And Ward escapes. What a surprise. (laughs) Yeah, huge surprise there. He broke out. Yeah, which was really sad because it was literally seconds after Coulson's men let him go. <laughs> like, transferred to the military people. Yeah, it's like, God, really? That's so dumb. I mean, Christian explains it as it was done on purpose. Like, he was given weak guards so that he could escape. But who knows if that's true. That seemed like a lie. Yeah, it's still unclear if he's evil or not. Christian? Yeah. Like, was he just saying whatever he could to make Ward stop? People will say anything to get out of torture. I can't tell if it was true or not. I think it can be read that way, but because he gives, like, his reasoning and everything as well, I think it's meant to insinuate that he's being earnest. I mean, I'm guessing it's honest, but yeah. But that was Ward dragging Christian to the well to make him confess what he did. Yeah. We kind of skipped around a bit. (laughs) Yeah. And... Honestly, it's really strange to me that the show just, like, mentions in passing that Ward essentially killed his brother and parents after that. Yeah. (laughs) It just seems so out of place. (laughs) Yeah, like, I could understand them being like, and then Christian Ward was killed. But his parents, too. They just, like, skip ahead to it. Like, you don't want to show us him interacting with the whole family? What about his younger brother? Like, come on! It's kind of surprising because I feel like that would have made really great television to have another episode dealing with Ward's family. Yeah. And I don't know if they just rushed it because they were trying to finish the arc before winter break and they're like, we don't have time for that. (laughs) I'm guessing that's what it was. Probably. But that's a weird decision. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) 
But then after that, Ward just starts leaving gifts for S.H.I.E.L.D. and for Sky as, like, helping them while being on the run from them. Wasn't there only one? Just that one Hydra guy? I guess. <laughs> it just seemed like it was going to be a continuous thing. <laughs> he said it was going to, and then just didn't. He just kind of joined up with Hydra temporarily to get Sky to her dad. He did also murder an entire room of Hydra agents. Oh, yeah, good point. but yeah then after that he meets with whitehall and starts working for hydra but really is only there to like awkwardly kidnap sky and bring her to meet her dad (laughs) yeah and her dad's only there with hydra actually to kill whitehall and get the obelisk yeah well he has the obelisk oh yeah he was using whitehall's resources to get sky which is weird since ward got sky but I don't know. Sure. I I, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this kind of ties into one of my points, which is just that everything in this arc feels way too conveniently tied together. For sure. Like, from Cal, Sky's dad, working for Whitehall in order to bring Sky in, even though he had nothing to do with that, to Coulson suddenly getting these urges to carve out this map, which just happens to be the exact map that will lead them to the city where the obelisk needs to be taken, that Hydra is also happens to be searching for at this exact time, and Whitehall happens to get out and be searching for the obelisk at the same time that they're finding the city and needing all of this information. And it just happens to connect to Sky being, like, a chosen one, and her father is the one with the obelisk. And that connects to Reyna, who was adopted from him, and bringing Sky into the temple to actually get her powers. I don't know. It all just very conveniently connected to me. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Like, all the GH3 and Tahiti stuff was linked to Sky and her alien stuff. And it just seemed odd a little bit. It worked decently well. It was just kind of odd. It did work. It was just very convenient. (laughs) Yeah. That's all. (laughs) It's almost like the story was written to be that way. What? Everything ties (laughs) together. Also, I feel like we should just note, since we haven't really talked about it, how the obelisk slash diviner turns people to stone, but also divines the worthy. So if you're worthy, you can touch it. And Sky and Reyna are worthy ones. And the, like, big story behind it is that apparently it's an artifact that the ancient alien race, the Kree, who are mentioned in Guardians of the Galaxy and shown, left it on Earth so that the worthy can inherit the Earth, whatever that yeah, means. the Blue Angels <laughs> yeah. choosing which humans are the best among us. And angels just seems like such a wrong term for them. I'm amazed that anyone would call them that. Well, I mean, they were blue beings that came from the sky. I'm guessing primitive humans didn't have any other term for it. Sure. They also mentioned that the Kree that they had for the GH3 drug was, like, older than the pyramids. So I don't understand how they've been storing this body for so long. Where did they find it? Was it, like, frozen as a half-body in a glacier or something? And then they, like, defrosted it and stored it? (laughs) I agree. This is something that I mentioned the first time we saw the body. And I'm just like, how are they just continuously harnessing this blood from this dead carcass? I mean, it's kind of alive. But my question is, how the hell has it been alive for this long? Like, not just like as a half being. Like, I'm just guessing technology has kept it alive. But how have they kept it alive for thousands of years? Why do you think it's alive? 
I don't know. They're siphoning blood out of him. I'm assuming he's like kind of in a stasisy kind of state. I still think his body half being gone and his eyes being blank indicates that he's not alive, but it's weird that they're able to harvest blood. I don't know. None of this really yeah. makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, in the last episode, we do see Sky shoot Ward like three times in the side of his chest, and that does absolutely nothing. He's just completely fine for some reason. He must have had a bulletproof vest on, but I'm just happy she did it. I was happy she did it too, even though it was totally like, it was certainly interesting timing because it was right after he saves her <laughs> yeah. and is like untying her from being held hostage. And she's like, that's nice. Shoot, shoot, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Never turn your back on your enemy. Yeah. But also she should have gone for the kill. Shoot him in the head. He clearly was wearing bulletproof armor. Seriously though, like she seemed like she was trying to kill him, but she did a really, really bad job if she shot him three times and he's barely faced. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, like going for the chest is like a correct thing to do. But once you notice he's wearing armor because he was still relatively okay and like not bleeding, you should aim for the head. <laughs> they really didn't show any armor and he looked like he was just wearing a shirt, so I'm really not convinced he was. I don't know. I feel like it was plot logic and plot armor that saved him, and I hate that because she shot him three times. Anyway, Sky should have gone in a headshot in. <laughs> Though I guess that's probably a bit too brutal for her, because she's still not very comfortable with murder. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, she was fine with shooting him three times, so I feel like she's fine with killing him. <laughs> yeah, but shooting someone in the head is, like, way more brutal and gross. Eh. She doesn't care. Oh, little man, don't ask me. But then he escapes with Agent 33, because EA. Yep, they escape. Woo. We also have Skye meeting her dad. Which is an awkward but kind of fitting scene, since from everything we've seen of her dad being this man who's, like, trying to just meet his daughter, whatever it takes, and it's kind of crazy because, like, his whole life has been ripped away from him, like... It fit well, even though his character is weird. Yeah, and to be honest, on this watch, I could not stop seeing so many parallels to Jessica Jones Season 2, and I hated it. <laughs> I didn't think about that at all. I think he's a little more logical than characters that we won't talk about because spoilers from Jessica Jones, but... I don't really like him. I don't like characters like this at all. The whole crazy emotional, I'm going to kill people because of it thing, it just really bothers me. I'm not a huge fan of that archetype, but it was good enough for me, I suppose. All right. <laughs> but we do get Sky getting some of her backstory about how her dad tells her that her mom has powers, she was essentially immortal, and she was killed by Whitehall. That's kind of contradictory to the immortal, but... <laughs> Yeah, but she was taken by S.H.I.E.L.D. when they were looking for Sky's mom, but it was actually probably Hydra within S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, and he says that Sky is special as well once she unlocks her gifts. Which is what this entire arc is leading up to, Sky and Reyna unlocking their new powers. Yeah, but then he gets so pissed off at Coulson for shooting Whitehall, even though Whitehall was probably going to kill him. That he ends up trying to kill Coulson and Sky chases him away. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of understandable because he's been building up all of his fantasies about murdering this man, his, this sick man, 
in as like brutal of a way as he can for dismembering his wife multiple times and breaking up his family. And then it's just all taken away by Coulson. So I can understand his rage. I completely understand it as well. The only reason that I'm saying this is because is because he probably would have been dead if Coulson hadn't shot Whitehall. So, like, yeah, he took away his revenge, but also he wouldn't have gotten his revenge anyway. <laughs> oh, I agree. Yeah, Whitehall would have taken him out. I'm still disappointed that Whitehall's gone because he was just such a cool leader of Hydra. Yeah, and apparently he's just not bulletproof the way that Ward is. What a bummer. He should have <laughs> taken a little bit more of Sky's mom's immortality. Apparently... I mean, he just refreshed his body by, like, taking his organs, but somehow that also, like, rejuvenated his face. I don't really understand, but okay. I mean, we don't know what he took. He took, like, her blood and everything and somehow just obtained her ability to stay young forever. So it, like, reversed his aging. I don't really know. They don't show it, probably for that reason. (laughs) Yeah. Though, little side note, it was interesting that Pierce is the one that let Whitehall out of jail after Peggy had put him in jail long, long ago. Definitely. Winter Soldier reference. A fun little callback. It's a bummer that Pierce was never in S.H.I.E.L.D. season one. That would have been cool. I'm guessing that Robert Redford is too expensive for television. I think he's a well-known actor, even though I've never seen him in anything, but everyone else is like, Robert Redford. Yeah, I'm sure, but it would have been cool. Especially as one of the highest up people in S.H.I.E.L.D. besides Fury. It would have been, like, cool to have him on for even just a minute. For sure. And then we get to the ending, which has Reyna and Skye down in the tunnels. Skye's going after Reyna as Reyna tries to evolve with the obelisk, bringing it to the center of the temple. And Reyna puts it there, and the walls start closing in, but Trip just manages to slip in right before they close. Rip Trip. (laughs) oh dear (laughs) it was really weird rewatching this arc and seeing trip because i could never care about him in this season because i knew he was gonna die so i'm like "Eh, i don't really care what he does he's gonna be meaningless in a minute honestly when you look back at it from the perspective that he dies here his character really has no purpose his character is yo i was with garrett and i have this weird bond with Ward, even though it's never dealt with in this season. And then I'm kind of bonding with people, but the character that I bonded with last season, which was Simmons, isn't there for most of the season. And then I die. That's it. That's him this season. (laughs) And he seemed like a likable character, but there just wasn't that much for him to do before they unceremoniously kill him off. And his death feels so pointless. I'm just like, why did you even have to have him slip in here and kill him right now? Drama. Just to have a death, but it feels so pointless to me. I feel like it has something to do with Sky being so scared that something horrible was going to happen. And if Trip didn't die, no one died. So it's just like, we we have to do something bad. Why? Why do you need to do something bad? (laughs) I'm not saying they needed to. I'm just saying I think that's what they were going for. Well, it's really sad because these last few episodes really were not kind to the black cast members on this show. I do wish Mac got more chances to shine, but he's great. But they literally... I know, they made him like a zombie the last two episodes, yeah, so it's he, pointless. He was possessed <laughs> and attacking his teammates and fell down a hole, and then while Mac was attacking people, Trip got killed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> and then Reyna grows spikes. <laughs> yeah, we don't really know what has become of her yet, but she has spikes and like yellow cat eyes now. 
And Sky looks identical. <laughs> and Sky's carcass like blasts apart, which I'm guessing is a hint to her powers that are coming. Oh wow, Trey, really? Yeah. <laughs> what mysterious powers might she have? I don't know. We'll find out next time on Agents of Shield. <laughs> That's a lie. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know also. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> the powers of name changing. <laughs> oh, yeah. She gets her real name of Daisy. She hasn't been given her name yet. They say Daisy in the Sark. It's at the end. Oh, did they? I guess it totally went over my head. Yeah. It's a weird name anyways. Like, why would she have an English name when she was, like, born and raised in a Chinese village? Like, sure, her dad is, like, an American, but... Her family and everyone else she was raised around wasn't. It's just surprising. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) One of the kind of funny things is I didn't realize she was half Asian until like this season, back when I was watching it the first time. But then once it was made clear, I'm like, oh yeah, she is. Honestly, I still didn't realize it in this season. And I was like, why is her mom Asian? She doesn't look Asian. But then later on, (laughs) the actress apparently... Or I saw things with the actress talking about how she's half Chinese, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it actually works really well to keep the mystery up, because when you see this random Chinese woman being tortured by Whitehall in the past, and then later in the future, you're just like, oh yeah, just some random woman. And then you were like, oh wait, that's Guy's mom? <laughs> yeah, but now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Indeed. <laughs> to be honest, the last episode of this arc feels really off to me for some reason and i'm not sure why but it just seems so much weaker than all the episodes leading up to this like the show was building in quality and was doing so well and then this last episode it doesn't feel right to me everything from sky shooting ward failing to colson shooting whitehall really quickly it was all rushed and then the end with like trip's death and the Ascension, I don't know, everything about this episode just felt weird. I see where you're coming from. It definitely felt off, and it also didn't really feel like a part of the rest of the season. Like, sure, the same story is going on, but the content just seemed different. We weren't really in, like, a spy show anymore. We were in more of a, like, mystical, I don't know, whatever to call it. Just, it was odd. Yeah, and it's kind of unfortunate because I feel the things that it's setting up for the rest of the season... And I'm just going to come clean now that I don't like the rest of the season. So this is where it starts. (laughs) Yeah. I like the powers that they give Sky and Reyna. And I like what they do with that later on in the season. So I think that's really cool. So I like that setup. But yeah, some of the stuff is a little odd after this. But we'll get to that in our next S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes. Indeed. And I guess we should also mention... When this episode has settled and Trip has died, we see a man with no eyes talking to someone else about how new people with powers have appeared. So hints at more people with powers and strange things. Although if you're trying to, like, introduce random dude with powers, it's interesting that you introduce man with no eyes (laughs) and not, like, actually show him use his power. (laughs) Yeah, I think the point there would just... Getting across is that there's other weird people. (laughs) Yeah. I have the power of having no eyes. I can't see anything. (laughs) I am a mutant. Not mutant. Those aren't in the MCU. Yet, maybe. I was being facetious. Whatever, okay? Anyways, do you have anything (laughs) else to say before we wrap this up? 
The only other thing I really wanted to mention was it was weird that Coulson's compulsion to draw the map just went away once he saw a 3D rendering of the map created by someone else. Like, suddenly his brain was like, oh yeah, I get it, cool. He didn't know where it was. He had to hack some freaking satellites in order to, like, search the rest of the world for where this temple was under the ground. Like, how was that satisfying enough to, like, fix his alien genetic modifications? I don't know, but that's one of the convenient tie-ins <laughs> with the plot, so... It was very weird. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, that was the only thing left I really wanted to say. Overall, I thought the arc was pretty good. I agree. I think this was a good arc. So, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at MarvelousMCU. You can find us on Instagram at MarvelousMCUPodcast. Or you can send us an email at MarvelousMCUPodcast at gmail.com. And wherever you listen to this podcast, wherever it be YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, whatever, please like, rate, review, subscribe. Anything you can do to help share this podcast is a big help. And if you like this podcast and want to support us, you can go to patreon.com backslash MarvelousMCU. We have uploaded our Deadpool episode, which we are releasing as a patron exclusive. So if you want to listen to that, you can donate a dollar or more. Any amount is appreciated. And then you'll get to hear us talk about Deadpool 2. So thanks for listening. And we hope you'll tune in next time for Agent Carter Season 1, Episodes 1 through 4, and the Agent Carter One-Shot.